You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. I thank the Lord for God's goodness in my life. Thank for the privilege to be a part of a church like this. Did you know, uh, Brother Dan, you've been talking about it in Sunday school, some about unity. But did you know there are some churches where the church history consists of this fight and this split and these people got mad and these deacons were upset and this pastor got mad at this person and the, the church is, it's, it's just nothing but nonstop fighting. Friend, first of all, I don't see that in the Bible. I don't see where that's God's plan for his church to be fighting. But I do see where it's God's plan that brethren dwell together in unity. And I do see it's God's plan, like you talked about this morning, Brother Dan, about teamwork. And uh, God has given us a privilege to serve Him together. And I think about all these missionaries that we have the privilege to support. And I think about our bus ministry and our children's ministries and the school and the radio. And Brother Dan and I, we had the opportunity this afternoon to, to have a meeting about another uh, potential uh, ministry that the Lord, I think, may allow us to be able to have as a part of this church. And I've met with our deacons about it, and we've been praying about it. But uh, I want to tell you, God's been so good to us, and may we never, ever take for granted uh, the goodness of God that He has bestowed upon us. We are not worthy of God's blessings, but I'm thankful we get to be a part, and I hope we will reflect on God's goodness. We saw that last week. We saw David's relationship. He said, I will love thee, O Lord. And verse number uh, two, we saw that God was David's rock, and then his reliance and his rejoicing. He said, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And uh, I don't know if it blessed your heart last Sunday night, but it sure blessed mine, uh, reflecting on and focusing on the fact that our God is worthy of our praise. And He's worthy. You say, well, I've been serving God. I've been really, really giving all I've got to God. Good. You'll never, ever have regrets that you gave God your life. You'll never come to the end and say, I went to church too much. I read my Bible too much. I prayed too much. I serve God. Oh, I sang way too many songs in that choir. Oh, my. No, no, no. When we get to heaven, I promise you this, there'll be no regrets. We gave our life to serve God. And I uh, thank God that he is worthy. We saw that. We saw uh, number seven last week, the reality. And David said that there were some sorrows of death that compassed me. In verse five, the sorrows of hell compassed me, but then I like this, the reaction of God. We saw last week in verse 6, In my distress, David said, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God, and he heard my voice out of his temple. And my cry came before him even unto his, into his ears. Verse 7, then. Here's where we're picking up verse 7. Then. You say, well, when did this happen? Then. The answer to David's prayer came immediately. David prayed, and then God answered. Now, I want to remind you, and I want to remind myself tonight that God doesn't always answer prayer right away. How many of you have ever had a prayer that you prayed a long time, and God did answer, but it wasn't right away? Let me see your hands. Yeah, I think all of us, if we're honest, or if we're praying, I should, should, I should give that disclaimer. God doesn't always answer right away. So why doesn't God answer right away? Because God's not on our schedule. We're on His. God's not in a hurry. 
God's got everything under control. You know why we are, are rushing and we are panicking? Because we think that everything revolves around us. <laughs> I like what my brother Joel, he said it several times, and I always, I always think about it with this particular thought. He said, you know, and it's those of you that know my brother Joel, you can hear him saying it like that. You know, that's a pretty, pretty high impression of man and a pretty low impression of God to think that everything's all about us. I want to tell you, God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And God's got, God's got everything under control. And you don't have to worry. You don't have to stress. You, you're not there to, to, to pick up the pieces when God makes a mess because God never makes a mistake. God doesn't make messes. He is sovereign. He's in control. And David says in verse 7, Then the earth shook and trembled. Now keep in mind, this is talking about the answer to David's prayer. Then, verse 7, the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because he was wroth. Say, so, well, who's God angry with? He's not angry with David. David's the one that's praying. David is the one that God is answering his prayer. So who's God angry with? He's angry with the wicked. He's angry with the enemies who are fighting against David, who are trying to destroy David, who was God's anointed king of Israel. And it says he was wroth, verse number seven. Verse eight, there went up a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down and darkness was under his feet. He rode upon a cherub and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. At the brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed, hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered in the heavens and the highest gave his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. Yea, he sent out his arrows and scattered them. He shot out lightnings and discomfited or destroyed them. Then the channels of waters were seen and the foundations of the world were discovered at thy rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of thy nostrils. He sent from above, he took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from, the, from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. Lord, speak to us, I pray, in these few moments that we have together tonight. Thank you for your word. I thank you for these reminders of your great power. And I thank you, Lord, that when we pray, I thank you, Lord, that your power is unleashed. I thank you that prayer still moves the hand of Almighty God. And may we not take for granted the privilege that we have to pray and the privilege that we have to come before you and make our request known. Please speak to our hearts and challenge us tonight. Uh, from this passage of Scripture, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I see in this passage, starting in verse 7, I see number one, the shaking. It says, the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills were moved and were shaken. That word moved there literally means to quake. Now, in North Carolina, I thank the Lord we have not had a lot of earthquakes. Watch, we'll get a big one tomorrow, right? Because I said that. I thank the Lord we don't have a lot of earthquakes, but if you've ever been in an earthquake, it is 
crazy. It is unbelievable just to feel the ground shaking. The one earthquake that I, I, I would say that I really, there was no doubt about it, it was an earthquake. My wife and I had just gotten home on a Tuesday night. We had been out soul winning uh, out in California. And we had just got home and we were upstairs in our, our townhouse there on Clyde Avenue and we had one of the windows open. And there were train tracks not far from our townhouse but I heard something coming that was louder than any train I'd ever heard. And not only did I hear it, but I felt it. And the whole building was shaking and it sounded like a freight train coming through and it was an earthquake. And I'm thinking, oh no, this is the big one. You know, wow, this is amazing. And it was, you know, whatever, 5.1. I mean, it was something small, it wasn't even big. And just the power of an earthquake. Well, you know where that power comes from? That's a demonstration of the power of God. And I want to remind you that God that controls the earthquake, that God who holds the world in his hands, that God who says that heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool, that God has that kind of power today and he hears your prayer. And he answers prayer. And prayer is what moved God here in this passage. David said, I called upon the Lord. Then the earth shook and trembled. David remembered how God had answered the cries of his people in Egypt. It says in verse number seven that the foundations were moved and uh, the earth shook and trembled and smoke came out of his nostrils. And uh, the Bible talks about the power of God. God showed up for Israel at Mount Sinai. At Mount Sinai, there was fire. There was smoke. There was an earthquake. And God demonstrated for his people, he demonstrated his power. When Joshua went against Jericho, I don't know exactly what it was that knocked down those walls of Jericho, but I know this, it was the power of God. I don't know if it was an earthquake. I don't know if it was a wind. I don't know if God went and blew the wall. I don't know how God did it, but I know this, God brought those walls down those massive walls that were so high that the children of Israel could not climb over. They couldn't scale through. Those walls that were so massive that people built homes in those walls and that city, the walls came down with the power of God. It's recorded in the book of Joshua. The Bible tells us in the book of Joshua that the children of Israel, they went to battle. And during that battle, the sun and the moon stood still. The Bible records how that God showed up and God uh, demonstrated his power for his people. We know accounts in the New Testament of those who were locked up in jail. It was midnight. And these two guys, they needed an answer to prayer. And Paul and Silas, when they prayed, the Bible says that God sent a great earthquake an earthquake so strong that the, the doors of the jail burst open, their chains came off. Can I tell you, that's a powerful earthquake. And that came as the result of two men that were praying and praising God. The Bible records that these things happened in answers to prayer. Now David describes the earth shaking and the smoke and the, the fury of the wrath of God. Now we don't know that that actually happened in David's case, we don't know that there was a literal earthquake, but we know this, God is able, God is powerful, and if God could do it before, I wanna say this, he could do it again. You see, 
God has not lost his power. The God of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament, the God of the miracles. I want to say this. God has not lost his power, but I'm afraid that we have lost our faith. I'm afraid that we have lost uh, uh, what it is to pray and to pray in faith believing. And Jesus said, if you pray in faith believing, you can say to this mountain, remove to yonder place and it shall be done. You say, well, I wonder which mountain I'm going to move. Friend, if you ex- understand the power of prayer and you're still trying to figure out which mountain to move, you got issues. There's a whole lot of things more important in life than moving mountains. There's people that need to be saved. There's lives that need to be changed. There's miracles that God needs to do in lives, and it comes to the power of prayer. Number one, I see in this verse the shaking of the earth. It's the power of God. Number two, I see the smoke. Verse number eight, there went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth devoured coals were kindled by it. Other than Psalm 18 and 2 Samuel 22, which is a parallel of Psalm 18, the only other reference in the Bible to smoke coming out of nostrils is a description of a beast in the book of Job, a beast called Leviathan, probably a dinosaur or a dragon-like creature that the people were so afraid of, and the Bible says about that creature that smoke came out of its nostrils. Now, I'm not real worried about fire-breathing dragons, and I'm not real worried about dinosaurs today, but I'll tell you this, we ought to have a fear and a respect for Almighty God. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. The Bible tells us that God is angry with the wicked every day. You say, well, I thought God loves us. He does love us. He loves us so much, he sent his son to die on the cross for you and for me. But God is a holy God. And and to think that God God tolerates sin and God tolerates wickedness and and to think that God doesn't care and to think that, that God's letting everybody get away with everything, I got news for you, that's not the God of the Bible. Our God is a God of judgment. You read the book of Revelation and you see that God will judge sin. You say, well, he hasn't done it yet. Well, I didn't say he's done it yet, but I said he will. And we see David describes the fury and the wrath of God as smoke coming out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth. Number three, I see in verse nine, the sovereignty of God. It says he bowed the heavens also and came down and darkness was under his feet. If you were in a battle, if I were were in a battle in Bible days, darkness would be a problem, right? Uh, It'd be an advantage for the enemy, but it'd be a disadvantage for you. But darkness is not a disadvantage to God because God sees in the darkness. The book of Daniel says he sees in the darkness because he is light. You understand that you can't hide from God. I think we understand that. Uh, There's no place you can go that is remote enough. There's no place that's dark enough. There's no place that's high enough. There's no place that's deep enough that you can go to get away from God. So David here describes God's sovereignty. God is not limited or hindered by the darkness. But then it says this, the darkness was under his feet. 
My dad used to say this. He used to say, when you got situations in life that are over your head, just remember, they're still under his feet. You know what that means? He's still got it all under control. You can't figure it out. You can't see the way through. You can't explain it. You don't have a clue. But you may have something that's over your head, but it's still under God's feet. It's still under his control. We see the sovereignty of God. Number four, we see the speed with which God judges. Verse number 10. He rode upon a cherub. A cherub was an angel, and he did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. We see the power of God here demonstrated and we see the power of God explained by the power and the speed of an angel and the power of the wind. Second Samuel chapter five, God's people were getting ready to go into battle. And God told them, he said, and let it be when thou hearest the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees that then thou shalt bestir thyself. Then you'll, you'll, you need to be decisive. Then you need to be determined for battle. He says, for then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. Here's what God says. When you're out underneath those trees, those mulberry trees, and you hear a going. Now that word going, it literally means a marching. But when you hear that, that, that noise in those trees, God said, I want you to know that I'm getting ready to fight for you. Now, it's interesting about the wind because you can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. As a matter of fact, in John chapter 3, when Nicodemus came to Jesus, Jesus said to Nicodemus that the, the, the spirit bloweth where it listeth. The, the, the Holy Spirit of God moves and blows wherever he wants to. You're not going to stop him. You're not going to control him. You're not going to contain him. And then in the book of Acts, when the power of Pentecost fell, the Bible says in that upper room, they were gathered there and there was a, the sound of a great, rushing, mighty wind. Can I tell you, the, the wind here is a picture of the power of God. Maybe someday when you're out walking, especially this time of year, and you hear those leaves kind of crackling in the wind, let that be a reminder to you that even though you don't see God working, He is still at work. And let that be a reminder to you that when God works, there's nobody that can stop Him. And when God moves, there's nobody that's going to hinder Him. There's nobody that's going to slow Him down. He is Almighty God, the power of the wind. Think about the devastation that comes from tornadoes and hurricanes. Nothing can stop that. That is a demonstration of the power of God. I see quickly number five. I see in verse number 11, I see the skies. He made darkness his secret place. His pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. The darkness, the rain, the clouds, uh, that, that is referred to as God's secret place, his hiding place, his covering place. When you're in the darkest time of your life, I want to remind you you're not alone. When you can't see God, I want to tell you, He can still see you. When you can't trace God, you can still trust Him because He cares about you. He knows what you're going through. God is not worried by the storms that you face. God can speak peace, be still to the storm. But sometimes God doesn't speak peace, be still to the storm, but He speaks peace, be still to you. And he speaks, peace be still to me. 
And if you're in a storm and the storm doesn't settle down and it doesn't seem like the storm is calming down, if you're with the Lord, I want to tell you, you're going to be okay. You're going to make it to the other side. You're going to be okay as long as you have Jesus in the boat. The storm. Number six, it's found in verse 12. At the brightness that was before him, his thick clouds passed hailstones and coals of fire. The brightness here is the lightning. The lightning from heaven that lights up the sky, a demonstration of the power of God. I had to look this up. Don't think I just know these kind of random facts off the top of my head. As a matter of fact, how many of you know the, the longer you live, there's a lot of facts you should know that you don't remember. You have to look them up, right? But I looked this up and I found that a typical lightning flash is about 300 million volts. We're talking about one lightning flash, 300 million volts, and about 30,000 amps. Did you know that a household current is 120 volts? I'd say 120 volts is a lot less than 300 million. It's about 15 amps, which again is a lot less than 30,000. And yet that's the power of God in just one bolt of lightning. And yet why is it? And we're all guilty of it. Why is it that we doubt God? Why is it that sometimes we think that God is not able to help us? Oh, he can help somebody else. You know, it seems like God's always answering somebody else's prayer, but he can't do it for me. I want to tell you, he can. He is able. Ephesians 3.20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. We see the power of God. Verse number 13, we see not only his power in the storm, but his power in the stones. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, verse 13 says, The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the highest gave his voice hailstones and coals of fire. Throughout the Bible, we see times where God used hailstones to destroy an army. God used hailstones to destroy the land of Egypt in the plagues. We see in the book of Revelation that there will be a time when uh, hailstones will fall out of heaven and every stone will weigh a talent. Did you know a talent of silver is the equivalent of 100 pounds? A talent of gold is the equivalent of 200 pounds? Can you imagine in the book of Revelation during the tribulation period when there are hailstones that are 100 and 200 pounds that are falling out of the sky? I want to tell you that's powerful. But that is the power of God in judging, the power of God in his wrath here that is unleashed against the wicked. Then number eight, I see the scattering. Verse 14, yea, he sent out his arrows, he scattered them, he shot out lightnings and discomfited them. That word discomfited means to be, to be destroyed, to be crushed. Uh, the arrows are like, uh, like lightning, shot out like arrows. An archer could aim an arrow and shoot with great precision. Our God could use lightning bolts like the arrows of an archer. Isn't that amazing? Number nine, I see the sea. It's found in verse number 15. It says, then the channels of waters were seen. The foundations of the world were discovered at thy rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of thy nostrils. Verse 15 describes the scene that 
because of the power of God, the, the bottoms of the riverbeds and the bottoms of the seas could be seen because of the power of God. I spoke Wednesday in our school chapel. I spoke about from Exodus 15, talking about the, the song of victory that they sang after they crossed the Red Sea. Now, I know this and you know this, but it's good to hear it and be reminded of it. But did you know the Red Sea was a little bit bigger than the Roanoke River? Did you know it was a little bit wider and a little bit deeper than the James River? It was a little bit bigger, a little bit deeper than, than, than the Mississippi, if you've ever been over there. As a matter of fact, the Red Sea, at its widest point, is 190 miles wide. At its most narrow point, the Red Sea is 21 miles wide. You see the flannel graphs? We've talked about that Wednesday night, I think it was. Those flannel graphs that show that, you know, you can see the other side. You know, when Moses and the children of Israel were, were going across, you couldn't see the other side. We're talking about miles and miles across. Did you know the Red Sea? The average depth of the Red Sea is 1,600 feet deep. You know what they probably felt like? They probably felt like they were trying not to run over each other going down the hill, and then they probably felt like they were climbing a mountain going up the other side. But that is what they experienced. They saw that, that bed of the Red Sea because of the power of God. He dried it up. They walked through on dry ground. That's the power of God. People today have tried to downplay or to discredit the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea. Scientists have said that if you had 63 mile an hour winds sustained for 12 hours straight, you could push back water that was six feet deep. Well, I don't think Pharaoh and his army drowned in a six-foot swimming pool. I don't think they drowned in a six-foot pond or a six-foot creek. Can I tell you, God parted those waters and let his people walk through on dry ground. It was a miracle. It was the protection and the power of God. But then I see quickly, number 10, it's found in verse 16, I see the safety. David said, God sent from above, he took me and he drew me out of many waters. When I see that phrase, he drew me out, I, I always think about someone throwing a life preserver and rescuing someone that is drowning. Aren't you glad that God has thrown us a lot of lifelines? Aren't you glad there's been a lot of times when we were going down and there was no hope and then... There came Jesus walking on the water. There came Jesus reaching down into that horrible pit and, and reached out, uh, uh, got us out of the miry clay and set our feet upon a rock. We see the safety of God, the protection of God. And then lastly, I see in verse 17, I see the strong enemy. It says, he delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me. And I love this, verse 17, for they were too strong for me. And I say with David, they were too strong for me too. But I'm glad they were not too strong for my God. Whatever enemy you're facing, whatever situation you're going through in life, it's too big for you. It's too big for me. The enemies are too strong. That old devil's got a whole lot more power than you and I will ever dream of having on our own. 
But that old devil doesn't have more power than the power of our God. The enemy was too strong for me, but the enemy was not too strong for my God. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.